Welcome back to another episode of The Running Sprint. We are joined this week by our previous guest, Simona Abasol. Simona, welcome back. Thank you. In the last episode in the main interview, we covered your career, you know, what you've done thus far, you know, looking forward to you, the next couple of years of, of your career as well. But we didn't really cover training camps and your experience more on the, I guess, let's call it the, the holiday orienteering side of things. What's your, <laughs> what's your favourite location that you've ever orienteered in training camps or races? Oh, that's quite difficult. There are so many nice terrains. Um, but I would say Jaywalk in Rauland in Norway. That was such a nice terrain and I would really like to go back there once. Okay. That was was that twenty fifteen? Six fifteen. Yes. Okay. So what made that so special? What was it that kind of got the juices flowing for that one? Um it was my first big competition in um Scandinavia, I guess. And um the first Jaywalk at all, so um Yes, I think also because it was the first Jaywalk, it was quite big experience and every, everything was so big and um, yeah, I had to learn a lot there. Um, but yeah, I was amazed by the terrain. It was so nice with all the marshes and uh, it was just, just Norwegian mountains and I liked that. Sounds perfect, yeah. I remember seeing pictures of it and it did, it did look beautiful. Um, yeah with the mountains and the forests. Um, so thinking of that, that first jaywalk and experience today, what is the biggest mistake you've made in your career thus far? <laughs> oh, I think that was the one. year before jaywalk in Rauland um, at the European Youth Champs in Macedonia. <laughs> there I got completely lost and I think it was 15 minutes. Um <gasps> to one control um nice. i was just somewhere in the slope and i had no idea where i was and it was a disaster <laughs> but <laughs> i was already used to it as um i already did some big mistakes at long distance one year before at aok so um <laughs> yes and it continued in norway with a seven minute mistake at middle distance and yeah, I had to get used to to run after the sprint in the forest after I performed well in the sprint. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, but nothing in the senior career that can match that. Uh, not that I would know. Of, no. You've not turned not up yet. and forgotten your shoes at quarantine not yet. or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, um, so speak. You know, after that kind of um, slight reference there, yeah, you're at world champs. What's um, What's in the kit bag? What's the th- first thing that you pack the night before the race to uh, to make sure it's in there for quarantine or or for the race itself? Mm, good music and uh, mm. my Rubik's Cube. Just to get distracted in the quarantine, I get, guess that's the most important thing. And of course, my, my schedule um, where I have planned what to do at what time. So um, that's quite important for me that I know what to do at what time exactly during the day that I don't have to think of. And um, yeah, that takes a lot of pressure from me, I guess. Yeah, that's a really good idea, actually, I think, having mm. that in quarantine, <laughs> knowing exactly 
where you've got to be because sometimes there's a bus to take you somewhere or exactly. you've got to jog to the warm-up map and so things I don't like have that. to think of it during the day and yeah takes a lot yeah. of stress <laughs> yeah I might actually steal that one as well actually um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is stuff that people don't realize when you think about the elite sport being different to um you know, having the different pressures and the quarantines and everything like that where you've got to think about every minute of your day leading up to the race rather than just mm. rocking up and starting yeah um have you got any kind of quirky rituals within quarantine that you do before you start you know do the shoes go on in a certain order um do you tape your laces that kind of thing taping Uh, laces a big controversy point actually on this show i always listen to the same song before the the race um it's uh the playback song of the hoopman brothers (laughs) it's quite funny um a friend of mine sent it to me before my first AOC. And I'm still listening to it um, before every big race. So um, oh, that's wow. quite of a, a ritual, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have nice. it going around in your head when you're racing or can you get rid of it? Um, I can get rid of it. Um, I guess that's also the point of that song, that um, it's not a song with lyrics, but mm. it's just a soundtrack. So um, I can easily get rid of it, but it really motivates me. And uh, it helps me to get as nervous as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to, yeah, you're building up the tension. You're exactly. like getting yourself into the zone, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to send out a, a tweet out a link or something yeah, we when are. we post this podcast <laughs> yeah, just so, so people can listen to it. You'll suddenly hear everyone's speakers yeah. running around quarantine next year, just blaring music. Until they play it in the, the Finnish area. Oh, we're the yeah. speakers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you have any any kind of during race rituals, things to snap your focus back in if you're losing it or or any mantras that you say to yourself when you're running? Uh, yeah, I'm always... When I notice that I lose focus, um, I always tell myself that I should look at the map and check the next route or see how the terrain is around the control so um yeah i always get myself back with the the world map (laughs) nice and um so a bit a bit more kind of uh quick fun now is it um is it dobs or is it rubber studs for the forest which do you prefer it depends but it's mostly dobs um i always almost never run with only rubber studs only in sprint competitions. <laughs> yeah. Or really flat terrain. So just, okay. re- so regardless, I guess, well, I guess, yeah, because Switzerland, some of the steep stuff can be pretty slippery, can't it? Mm. So you just want exactly. that extra drip. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you're on a, you're a world champs relay. You're, you're the coach as well as the athlete. Um, <laughs> you're doing the selections. Which relay leg are you putting yourself on? Oh, difficult question. My favorite one is the third one. But um, right now, I think I would put me on the second leg still. Mm, okay. um, because, yeah, the last relay I performed quite well on the second leg and it worked out pretty well in the end. It's depending a bit on the team, but I would put myself on the second leg. 
Interesting. Mm. <laughs> so, m- very, very few people would say second leg. I think. Really? I think a lot. The mm. yeah, I think that a lot of attention goes to the first leg or goes to the last leg because they. It feels to me they have very clearly defined roles, mm. but the second leg is is kind of tricky. Yeah, I always run the third leg actually, except mm. for the world champs this year <laughs> or the. The European champs also in Switzerland. Um, I don't know. I think the first. I don't really like the first leg, <laughs> and the third leg. It's just a lot of pressure, and uh, yeah. Next year I'm a third year senior, so I could also run the third leg, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, in my first year, I didn't want to run the the third leg because it was so much pressure and. Um, it was my first big relay and yeah, I wasn't really used to that. So um, I thought the second leg is just, it suited me well. Well, you did a really good job on that because you managed to, you were catching up Tova Alexanderson, I think overtaking her at the end, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. What, what what did you say before that race or what did any coaches say that what was your job for, for that second leg? Uh, to just do my race as good as possible but um, they didn't tell me to catch up too bad <laughs> so um, but yeah I had it in my mind that if I see her what was um, not quite a big chance but uh, <laughs> I was quite surprised when I saw her in the forest um, then I just hang on her and uh try to do orienteering on my own because I always kind of lose control when I meet other people in the forest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't like the first leg because there are so many um, competitors around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I like it when I'm just alone in the forest and that's what was my job, just to to run as clean as possible and uh, hold the position. Nice. Will? Nice. No, I was only going to finish with a... I've been tossing up two questions in my mind of a last one to ask, so maybe I'll just ask both. Um, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, so we've spoken in the main interview um, of, of some of your pre-race nerves and how you manage those in quarantine. If you could choose your start position at WOC, because you know, it's based on world ranking, would you go for an earlier start block or would you stick with the late one? Uh, I think I would stick with the late one because I hate waiting in the finish area. And um, yeah, I think after, especially middle distance in Norway, um, there maybe I would have been five seconds faster if I started after Tuve, as I had known that uh, she was just that tiny bit slower, a uh, tiny bit faster. So um, yeah, but it's always quite risky because when you know that you're in a really good position, you're taking a lot of risk, maybe. And you're making more mistakes. So, mm. yeah, there are advantages and disadvantages for a late start, but I would still stick to the late start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then final one, because this is one that we seem to ask a lot of the, the Brits who come on, um, of whether they prefer EMIT or SI. And I got a lot of stick. SI. Oh, okay, I got some stick for saying I prefer Emit. Some people have been giving me some abuse. Oh, no, 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 not at all. I hate Emit. It's like 
you always have to put it in in the right order and uh, I always take the wrong direction free. first and no it's horrible the touch free <laughs> is nice but it only works like 50% I guess <laughs> so I like SD card when you uh, you know that it works and you know that you have all those controls that you punched yeah that uh, seems see, to be the common answer. <laughs> Will Will is only backing Emits because he has one of the old ones which has a display on it so he can see how many controls he's punched. Ah, he has yeah, punched that's it. nice. That's nice. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Old school, old school technological <laughs> doping. None of this new stuff. Don't need it. Ah, uh, then you don't have to punch it. Then you can just touch free. Just put it in the side. Exactly. Yeah. Though the problem comes when you don't do that. And then realize 2K later that you, you've you missed a control out because you're yeah, exactly. control 12 and it only says 10. Exactly. Uh, which has happened a few times. <laughs> but... Oh, what a fail. Yeah. We are, we are never getting sponsored by Emit on this podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. We'll, we'll bring it to an end there on, the, on that note of the, uh, the finances of the Maybe pod. you'll get sponsored by Assy Card. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's what we need to go for. <laughs> yeah, this is just all a very subtle ploy to to subliminally market for them. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> get on the phone. Um, but thanks very much, Simona, for, for jumping on and joining us again. Thank really you. appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thank you.